1: My name is Chief Mass Sergeant Kevin Osbeid. I'm your Senior Enlisted Advisor for the Army and Air Force Exchange Service. Before we get started with our guest today, I would like to introduce my lovely co-hosts, Kiana Holliman and Emily Zarsk. How y'all doing, ladies?
2: Great, Thanks. how are she
1: you doing? doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful because uh, I'm currently on oh, a here holiday we go. right now. Yeah, I'm bragging right now, see? But yeah, yes. I'm currently TDY, TDY to Puerto Rico, uh, so Ola. That's 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 about three words that I know in Spanish, but I got Ola down, definitely. Uh, but I want to give a shout out to the, the team here at Fort Buchanan and Camp Santiago for hosting me the last couple of days. Uh, awesome, awesome folks that work for the exchange and uh, just, you know, getting a chance to take in all this culture over here is amazing. But uh, we have a very, very, very special guest today. Uh, so without further ado, Emily, please introduce today's guest.
2: We are honored to have today's guest. She's the second highest ranking civilian in the department of the Air Force. We are thrilled she's spending time with us today to discuss her life of service as well as Air Force and Space Force priorities. Please help us welcome the Honorable Gina Ortiz-Jones to Chief Chat. Hey. It's good to be with you.
0: Thanks, Chief
1: hey how you doing ma'am? It's a pleasure to see you again
0: yeah likewise things are going well things are going well It's uh, it's, it's good to be here with your uh, with your co-host as well. I look forward to uh, the conversation
1: absolutely and for for those that don't know i I met um the 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 Under at uh, chief bass's uh barbecue mm-hmm. for the 12 outstanding airmen of the year uh we had uh last year and um mm-hmm. I, I introduced myself and she she said, hey, you look kind of familiar. And apparently the exchange does a wonderful job of pushing my face out on emails, uh, (laughs) with the, with the sales of the week. And she was like, I recognize you from the sale paper, uh, from the exchange. And so thank you exchange for, for doing, for getting me out the way out there in the world, especially in the undersecretary's inbox.
0: That's right.
1: That's right.
0: When I'm looking for shoe deals, like you're there chief. That's cool.
1: (laughs) So can you, uh, can you let an audience know where you're joining us from, where you're joining us from today?
0: Yes. So I am joining you from the Pentagon. Um, it's a, uh, it's a great day. Uh, you know, we are very busy, um, but you know, really looking forward to the, to the conversation today. Um, so thanks for having me.
2: And for our viewers, um, you, who might not know you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role as the undersecretary of the air force.
0: Yeah, well, um, so I um, grew up in San Antonio, proud to also call myself a a proud Air Force veteran um, and uh, got an ROTC scholarship, took me from San Antonio, Texas to Boston University, Um, served in the Air Force as an intelligence officer deployed to Iraq, um, where I uh, was very thankful that the Green Bean was there uh, every now and then to, to lift our spirits. Uh, yes. Worked in national security. Exactly, worked in national security for about uh, uh, 15 years in the intelligence community, um, and then lastly worked in the office of the U.S. Trade Representative, uh, working at the intersection of our economic and our national security um, on uh, on trade issues, uh, particularly the uh, protection of um, American intellectual property. Um, so the uh, Under Secretary of the Air Force, look, a number two. You know what a number two's job is, right? whatever the number one doesn't want to do. So yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: that's a short way to describe what the editor does. Uh, but more, you know, more seriously, I spend a lot of my time um, working on the budget. And when we think about the organized Train, and Equip mission um, and responsibilities and authorities that the Secretary has, that is really focused on making sure that our airmen and our guardians, right? Our airmen and our guardians and our civil servants and their families um, have what they need. And so it's constantly about that budget, to be honest with you, and making sure that we're making the right investments Uh, in light of uh, certainly the pacing challenge as Secretary Austin and Dr. Hicks, the deputy, have described, um, but also looking at kind of where we are versus where we need to be. So um, frankly, every day starts with an intel brief uh, that the uh, secretary and I get to make sure that we have the best understanding of of where we are, what our men and women are, are facing, and will face in in the future. And that's why we got to keep the main thing the main thing, right? And to make sure we're making the right investments, both in training and our personnel and certainly in our in our capabilities. So uh, really honored to do that. Um, You know, the secretary and I, though, are also very much focused on um, some of the personnel challenges um, and opportunities that that we've got to make sure that not only are we retaining the best and brightest, but we are making sure that pipeline of talent into the Department of the Air Force is as strong as it can be. So I would say, uh, you know, we're focused on preparing uh, for the high end fight, right, deterring it, but if needed, will prevail and then making sure we've got um, folks that can serve to their full potential.
3: So, ma'am, you've mentioned that after you separated from the Air Force, you continued a life of service and it's clear that you have a servant's heart. So what kind of led you on this career path? Yeah, well, um, I'll share a little bit more
0: about my personal story then, because that's my why, right? And I think everybody's why really shapes kind of what they focus on and how they do those things. Um, I'm a proud first generation American. Uh, My mom came to this country over 40 years ago. She graduated from the number one university in the Philippines, uh, but she wanted a chance at the American dream and her chance uh, presented itself um, to come here as a domestic helper. And so she humbled herself uh, because she knew if she came to this country, even in that capacity, that the sky's the limit if she was willing to work hard. Um, And so she just reminded my sister and I every single day that we were very lucky, not smart, lucky to be born in this very special country and we'd have to give back to a country that gave us so much. So um, it's why I serve, it's why my sister proudly serves, um, proud of my baby sister she just showed up to um, great lakes in uh, in chicago she's in the Navy i should have mentioned um, and she's okay. a, a drill instructor up there yeah so she's um uh, she's doing great things but um you know we were just very Reminded just of how fortunate we we, we are um, and how we have to give back. I should mention also, um, uh, you know, service was important um, to my family. Also, my uncle uh, came to this country as part of the Steward program, and for those that might not be familiar, it's the program that allowed the U.S. Navy to recruit um, young Filipino men into the U.S. Navy. And while they were only their career options were limited, you could only do a handful of things. You know, those similarly, my uncle, you know, wanted to shoot a shot. And he joined the navy, and again knew that if he was able to work hard, the the sky would be the limit. So uh, from from. A, a service perspective, but also just kind of writ large, right? Wanting to give back to a country that's given certainly my family so much. Um, it's, it's why I continue to serve and it's a great time to serve. I've got a great boss. We've got a great secretary and, and Secretary Frank Kendall. Uh, we've got a great leadership team and, and Secretary Austin and, and Dr. Hicks and again, equally focused on preparing our folks for the high end fight, but also um, ensuring that our, our men and women and their families have what they need to be successful.
1: Well, well I heard a lot of navy navy in that uh in the in the household uh uh so is there a reason why you could join the air force and and or is there a little friendly competition or or heckling going back yeah. and forth between the services?
0: you know <laughs> Well, so, yes, lots of lots of Navy in the family. And my sister will tell you she's a proud member of the Filipino Mafia in the Navy. <laughs> but, um, my um, no, my I, you know, I did junior ROTC in high school and it was I lived I grew up not too far from Lackland and the ROTC program there at John Jay High School is the largest junior ROTC program in the country. Right. And so that really kind of shaped my um, understanding of what the Air Force might be and uh, what might experience might might be there um, and then was fortunate to apply for and earn an ROTC scholarship and so look I was raised by a single mom and, and our Air Force said hey we want to pay for your school uh, it was really hard for me to turn that down um, so that's that's how I got my start in, in the Air Force and very frankly very fortunate
1: well, well ma'am I'd say you made a, a pretty good choice uh, I, I don't I think, I don't so too. You. <laughs> I think you know so but-
0: to this point you know I went to go visit my sister so my sister's been dis- uh, assigned to a destroyer and my goodness, I went on that thing and it's like, I'm 5'2", right? And I'm a small person, but it's cramped and the beds are like right on top of each other. It smells like oil all the time. I mean, that's, it's not for me. I'm not the one, but you know, God bless them who want, <laughs> for whom that, uh, who, who, for whom that uh, enjoy that. Uh, but she actually really very much enjoys it. And, um, you know, very proud of her.
1: Yeah. So you just kind of took me back to my days as a Marine. So I, before I joined the Air oh. Force, I was in the Marines. And so oh, you made a good can job
0: decision too. Yeah.
1: I, I I did well. I, I mean, I, I needed the Marines. I was a little rough around the edges coming in, so I needed some some st- some stability and, and some some discipline uh, at that time. But I can remember that we I was stationed in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. We went up to Norfolk, and we uh, we did a a six month kind of uh, kind of deployment at the time. Mm-hmm. This was before nine uh, eleven. And uh, they put us on the ship, the Navy ship, and of course they give the Marines the crappiest berthing area that they can find on the ship, and uh, and then you got, like you said, these these racks are like sitting right on top of each other, and I I got the middle rack, and I'm I'm six six one, uh, and so that was a very very uncomfortable few uh, few days uh, of, of sleeping. I, I had to find a place on the floor to sleep after that because I couldn't I could not do the middle rack, so. Uh, Thank you, Navy, for convincing me that I made <laughs> the right decision for not going into that's the right. Navy.
3: That's right. But you, yeah.
1: you you spoke about you being a, a JROTC cadet mm-hmm. in high school, and, and now you're the undersecretary of the of the Air Force. And so you've made some kind of monumental kind of milestones in your life and your career. What, what was it like the first day walking in on the job as uh, the undersecretary? I, I know that's, you know... I know sometimes in the moment you don't get a chance to reflect on the, the journey, but uh, I mean, have you got a chance to kind of reflect on the journey and how it felt like the first day walking in?
0: Yeah, I mean, Chief, you make a really good point. Yeah, we we probably don't do enough, any of us, really, kind of stopping and, and savoring the moment. Um, but it, uh, I have since then kind of just thought about really kind of the moment, um, the moment that I that I am in. Right, the opportunity, um, the, frankly, the real responsibility that I have um, to to do what I can to make sure the Department of the Air Force is, is ready, um, and the and our and our folks are well cared for. Um, and and part of that is kind of my own experiences. You know, I mentioned being raised by a single mom, um, but you know, my mom. When I think about kind of my responsibility and the, and the commitment, it, it 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 just reminds me of of. One, how fortunate we are, and and this really goes back to kind of walking through the halls of the Pentagon that that first time on that and that first day, because you know you show me a country where uh, the daughter of somebody who came here as a domestic helper can be the twenty seventh Undersecretary of the Air Force. You show me a country where the niece of somebody who came here through a steward through the steward program. Um, could be the 27th Secretary of the Air Force, secretary of the Air Force. And so that is that is a, an awesome responsibility to make sure that those opportunities continue to be there um, for, for others, you know, just as talented, um, but maybe who didn't have all the opportunities, you know, growing up. And so that, that's what I think about. I also think about my own time in the service, and I served under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And it is wonderful to meet people, young po- folks, especially, right, you know, E1s, E2s, E3s that, that don't know what that was. And thank goodness they don't. Um, but I do. I remember exactly what that was. And uh, the idea that, you know, you couldn't bring your full self uh, to in service to the mission. And so when I walk through the halls, not just that first day, but frankly, every day, I, I think about um, certainly that experience and, and that that shapes kind of how I lead and how I make sure I'm surrounding myself with with voices that maybe 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 traditionally have not been heard uh, for whatever reason, right? And asking those those tough questions about um, you know, why why can't it be this way? Or why isn't it that way? Or where is the data that supports your argument um, because your, you know, what you are advocating for is not necessarily as inclusive as I think it could be. So that's my challenge, right? Every day is asking those tough questions, given my own experience, but also understanding that we don't have time or talent to lose. Right? We just we don't. When we look at the threats that we're faced as a, as a country, we need all hands on deck, all talent, and frankly, talent as diverse uh, as the challenges and opportunities that we face as a country.
2: What do you consider the biggest priorities for the Air Force and Space Force today? And how are you driving towards success?
0: Yeah, well, I think it's a great question. And, you know, this you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. Right. And the main thing is that we've got to be ready for the pacing challenge. And, you know, Secretary Austin has has talked about this um, at length. And when you look at some of the challenges that are and opportunities that are unique to the Air Force, you know, we very much have. um, Oh, I love that picture. We hang the bang. Those folks at Barksdale. yeah. uh, Yeah, they're great. Uh, that B fifty two is amazing. You know, don't be fooled it by is. its age, right? The capabilities of this aircraft, the uh, the modernization, uh, the upgrades that are happening there, um, are are going to make that a, a a key platform for for many years to come. And um, the uh, uh, well, you shown all these great photos, Ed. <laughs> 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 the yeah, the main thing that we are focused on though is is making sure that we have the, again the right capabilities the right forces based on the pacing challenge right this is an advanced threat and many some of the things that we have now are just not going to be as successful, frankly, as we need them to be in, in, that type of, um, in that type of scenario. And so we've got to balance kind of what are the things that we know we need to do, do today and in the near term, but how do we also make sure that we stay focused on those modernization efforts that are really going to make sure that our, our our guardians and our airmen um, have the capabilities that they need to be successful. And we, again, are very focused on this given the the severity of the threat. Um, and some of the hard choices that that need to be made um, as we as we work to address that threat. Um, but again, I think you know some of the some of the personnel issues is, as well. Um, you know, several recommendations uh, related to um, the Independent Review Commission and how we address some of our challenges around sexual assault, sexual harassment. Um, how do we address some of the disparities that we know exist for our airmen and our guardians? Um, you know, everyone's, we're, we're thankful for everyone courageous enough to raise the right hand and, and says, I'm going to protect and defend the Constitution. Uh, but we know except everybody's experience is not the same. And so we've got to address those disparities, certainly when it comes to promotion rates, when it comes to who goes to uh, professional military education, who's selected for certain assignments, right? And again, these are all as important as making sure we've got that, um, uh, frankly, that next generation um, air dominance platform, or we've got the adequate space capabilities. We've got to have talent um, that uh, that can serve to their full potential. So we're equally
3: focused on those things.
1: And, Kind so of to, to add on
3: oh, i'm sorry go ahead
1: don't oh, no, no 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 i just wanted to kind of throw something in real quick because um mm-hmm. i can tell you probably within the last five years i've never seen as much change in the military or you know air force specifically but military in general uh that i have in the last five years like we we've made some monumental steps in the in my opinion the right direction in the last probably five years of my career that i've seen in the in the prior 20 years of my career and so uh mm-hmm. just, you know, Thank you all, uh, you know, our leadership, our, our current leadership uh, for, for pushing us in the right direction, and uh, you, you, you named off some really good priorities that uh, we need to focus on, uh, and, and we just, I just want to say thank you, definitely. Thanks, Drew.
3: And in touching on some of those priorities, you know, your job is extremely important, but comes with a lot of challenges. So what keeps you motivated even when times are tough? And are there any keys to success that you've identified along the way?
0: Yeah, well, you know, what what continues to motivate me is, again, what an awesome, awesome opportunity that this is to to serve uh, the men and women um, in the department as well as their families. And look, I also know that I'm not going to be the undersecretary forever. And so I really wanna make sure uh, that I maximize my time and do all the good that we can in, in the time that I am fortunate enough to, to serve here. So that really continues to, to motivate me. Um, certainly I can tell you that threat briefing that the secretary and I get every morning is also quite motivating, right? Uh, because losing is not an option, as the secretary likes to say. Um, and you know, my advice is, is frankly the same for whoever asks, right? Regardless of age, regardless of kind of where you are in life, um, I think three things that have um, helped me um, Be successful and and again, be focused on on the main thing. Um, One, be kind, right? Do not be a jerk. No one likes a jerk. (laughs) So be kind. (laughs) No one likes a jerk. (laughs) No one likes a jerk. Two, work hard. Work smart, but work hard. Do not get outworked, right? And then three, be so good they cannot ignore you. Be so good they cannot Ignore you, right? Those three things have, have allowed me to to focus on on you know what I am, uh, what I think is important, um, but also make sure that that I am uh, you know conducting myself certainly in accordance with those things, but also the core values, right? That I learned many many years ago that um, that continue to to kind of shape how I conduct myself, right? Integrity first, service before self, excellence in all we do. Uh, those things are timeless and and continue to to um, some motivate me.
1: Awesome, and uh, you mentioned earlier, and, and big big shout out to Green Green Bean, man. Green Bean comes through That's while you're downrange every single time. So uh, thank you for shouting them out. Uh, but kind of, you know, thinking about on kind of our our core core values, uh, some of our core values in the exchanges is it's is, is a great no greater honor than serving those who serve or family serving family. Uh, just thinking back uh, in your time in uniform, maybe deployed or whatever. Uh, can, Besides you, you actually looking at your 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 weekly uh, sales sales ads from the exchange? Uh, can you kind of give us the time that the exchange was there for you?
0: Yeah. So I mentioned the green bean, very important. Um, but as a civil servant, when I was with the Defense Intelligence Agency, I was assigned to Stuttgart, and um, you know it was uh, every now and then, right? If you needed a a, a cinnabon right? (laughs) You could get a little bit of home, you could go have that there out at at, at Panzer. And so um, it was it was nice to have some of those little kind of luxuries, I'll call them um, uh, when you're when you're out there. And especially, you know, in those first initial weeks when you're kind of trying to get settled. I don't speak German. um, And so just having a little bit of home there uh, and getting some of those those niceties, if you will, having that available uh, was really, really helpful.
2: And you touched on this um, a little earlier um, when you were discussing that don't ask, don't tell. Um, But I wanna talk a little bit more about diversity and inclusion, one of my favorite topics actually. Um, And it's so important for all of us, whether serving in uniform or working as a civilian, to understand the value diversity brings to a team. How do you build a culture that values diversity and inclusion? And what is the Department of the Air Force doing to ensure everyone's voice is heard?
0: Yeah. Well, look, I think this is not just a nice to have. This is a must have. Right. I mean, this is a readiness issue um, because at the the, fundamentally what this comes down to is trust, Um, trust in your leaders, trust in your in your in your wingmen, uh, trust that um, in your in your subordinates, um, that everybody is focused on on the mission. Right. And ensuring that everybody. We best accomplish the mission though, when everybody can serve to their full potential. So that's what this is about. I mean, we've got some really complex challenges ahead of us um, and we need the best and brightest, you know, signing up and and frankly, staying with us. Um, And that diversity of thought also helps ensure that we're not making unnecessary assumptions. Um, They're going to help check our our biases, right, about how we might be seeing things. Um, And when we think about the pacing challenge, you know that this is not. uh, There's frankly, there's just no room for error, Um, and we cannot make assumptions about why something is happening and 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 not have the ability or frankly the humility to surround ourselves with folks that have a different uh, see things maybe a little bit differently, and that just makes us a stronger team. Um, you know, I mean, everybody's been in group work, right? And, and you just know that when everybody kind of has the same experience, everyone sees it the same way. Um, one, not only is it a less interesting conversation, um, but it's just not as creative right? And it's in that sausage making and kind of getting to the right answer that we're going to be able to provide the best options for uh, for decision makers. And, and that's what this is about, right? Making sure that we've got options, making sure that we've been thoughtful about our challenges as well as our opportunities. Um, and frankly, you know, calling stuff, calling things out <laughs> and, yeah, and when, they, when they need to be, right? And it's like, well, why do you think that? What is that based on? I must tell you, I spent three uh, my, I spend ninety percent of my day asking three questions, right? Which is why, uh, why not, and where's the data? And you'd be surprised at how how uh, how hard those questions can be. Um, if, if there's not the data uh, to support those things, or if, um, if there's maybe a little bit more bias in the answers than, than one would expect. So um, I, I think again, as, as uh, diversity of thought, diversity of, um, of background, diversity of lived experience, all of that makes us, um, makes us a stronger force.
3: And our viewers are really appreciative of the time you've taken out with us today, and especially you touching on your backstory. So Jasmine says, wow, that's a great backstory. Annie wants to thank you for serving, and she says you have a tremendous story. And Tom also says that, thank you for your service.
0: Great, well, thank you. Thanks for um, allowing me to spend a little bit of time with you today, I appreciate it. Um, And you know, thanks for what you do for our, our men and women serving all over the country, all over the world, really.
1: Absolutely. And, and ma'am, we got a very, very captive audience today. We got airmen and guardians, of course, and, and we got throwing a couple soldiers here and there. But then we, we got the whole entire military community watching. So uh, is there anything you'd like to tell the our viewers today?
0: Yeah, well, you know, every time I have the opportunity to, I like to thank our men and women uh, for, for serving. I want to thank also their families. Um, I know it's not just the, uh, the airmen or guardian that serves. It's also their family. So thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got some, some some real work ahead of us. Not that everyone isn't working hard already, but when we think again about the pacing challenge, um, this requires all hands on deck. And, you know, and to your point about how can we, um, you know, what, what can somebody do at, at their level? Well, I think it really actually does go back to creating those inclusive teams um, uh, at your unit within your organization so that people can contribute 150% uh, to the mission and are focused on, on the main thing. Because again, we don't have time time or talent to lose. It's about the strength of our teams. And each of us have the ability to strengthen those, um, certainly in our words and our behaviors, to ensure that the Department of the Air Force is as strong as that it can be.
2: And you have an incredible presence on Twitter. Remind us um, and the viewers where we can keep up with you on social media.
0: Uh, I wish I remembered my handle. Mm -hmm. Team, what is the
1: handle? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's me that's the handle great there's also but um, it, there's also an instagram yeah which i believe is the same team uh it'll it's in the it, if you go to the twitter thing it's under a um so yes thanks yep
1: Excellent. we'll put it Thank we'll put it com- we'll put in the comments well, we got you man okay
0: sounds good thanks chief <laughs> thanks y'all
1: and and since and since the under is plugging her uh, social media let me plug mine too so for our Chief chat <laughs> viewers this episode will be available on youtube and spotify so you can rewatch with your friends and catch up with past episodes please join us on thursday june 7th when we catch up with a grammy nominated r&b artist music soul child uh, and june 14th we are welcoming seven-time air force photographer of the year jeremy Locke and his wife tv personality deandra simmons uh we'll see you then so, ma'am, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Um, it, it's incredible hearing your stories, and, and you touched on a lot of different topics that that are, are near and dear to my heart. Uh, definitely diversity and inclusion, uh, but I can tell you, you telling your story. There's a there's, there's a young lady or or uh, even a young man out there that, that lived a similar lifestyle that know they can get to where you're at right now. And so, thank you for 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 being representation, being rep representing everything that you represent you know what i'm saying because um I'm, I'm a firm believer that repre- representation matters as well so uh you know people walk by uh and they just you know I've, I've had people come and say hey i see your face on the wall of the bx and and i'm like yeah. okay that's kind of embarrassing but at the same time i know there's there's probably somebody looking at that picture thinking like man i can i can be a chief too or i could do this as well so uh thank you for uh with you and the secretary of the air force are doing for our airmen our guardians and uh civil servants and everybody in the community because uh, like i said we've had some so many drastic changes in the po- right direction in the last five years that uh yeah i just i just can't remember a time in my career where we've made that many changes so we appreciate what you're doing uh you, you guys are awesome we wish you all the best and uh, thank you for sharing time with us
2: great
0: thank y'all
1: happy pride thank you happy pride yes month. And, uh, and ma'am, if you don't mind hanging on until after the live so we can kind of say our formal goodbyes, but uh, we'll go ahead and uh, say goodbye on Chief Chat and uh, Chief Chat out.
0: For more information about your exchange benefit and to shop tax-free for life, visit shopmyexchange.com. To view this episode of Chief Chat or to watch live, visit facebook.com shopmyexchange.